Mark Sahaba, the voice of Ahl Sunnah wal Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Esteemed listeners of Mark Sahaba, the voice of Ahl Sunnah wal we welcome our honorable guest, and that is Mufti Hassan Ali Suleiman. Mufti Sahaba, assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Alhamdulillah, how's everything on your side? Alhamdulillah, Alhamdulillah. The weather there in Pakistan? Ah, okay, it's starting to get a, a little cool down in the morning. We don't need the fans on mm. at Fajr for the first time. Uh, so it was, uh, I think, 19 or 20 degrees this morning, which mm. is uh, a welcome relief. <laughs> <laughs> Alhamdulillah. It's dry, uh, no rain or anything like that, but uh, it's a little bit cooler, so uh, Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. Mufti Sahib, so yesterday you informed us and you have an interesting message about this particular female who came and who's got more courage than you would say the cowards of the Arab world, MBS, and we've seen this weekend um, MBS was the chairman of the Arab summit, many of the traitors such as Mahmoud Abbas and all of them gave uh, interesting speeches, but just, of course, they had to speak the tone of those who are going to be around. But when they are then with the with their real cronies, their friends, then what happens is they speak their tone. So they're like chameleons. They're always changing their colors. Move this up. So the, this about this female, what, what was... What was the analysis given you? Well, okay, I um, I was sent that uh, by a friend. Okay, um, and it surprised me. Um, so he asked me uh, to comment on it, and uh, like he felt that maybe it wasn't uh, authentic, or uh, he wasn't sure. He hadn't studied Dean, uh, so uh, he asked me for my opinion. And I listened to it, and I, I got so excited. I said, man, there's nothing uh, you should doubt about this. This woman is speaking uh, is speaking the hawk, mm. all right? Although she hasn't studied anywhere, uh, and she's speaking the hawk. 90% of what she said was correct. Uh, um, and she, she, essentially, she's saying we need to expand the boycott. All right, of Starbucks and McDonald's and uh, all these Israeli products, um, and boycott Hajj Umrah because by going there you are helping uh, MBS, and uh, because they have an agreement with America and, and with Israel and what have you, um, and they're not going to do anything to help the the people of Gaza. All right, even though that's their people. Okay, they're number one, they're Arab. Number two, they're Muslim. Excuse me, number one, they're Muslim. And number two, they're Arab. Mm. Uh, and they, they will not help. Uh, so by you going for, especially these Nafal Umrahs, mm. uh, Nafal Hajj, all the money you're spending over there for Saudi, it's not helping the Umrah. It's helping the Saudi government. Mm. So um should hold back, pull back on that. All right, and uh, do whatever we can to try to help uh, our brothers in Gaza. I I, I was <laughs> just surprised that a woman spoke like that, and you could tell she's not an Arab, uh, and she's probably a new Muslim. All right, um, and she spoke very tough, 
all right, and tougher than uh, the people that are, you know, at the head of these Muslim countries. Mm. Interestingly, this uh, someone sent this clip also. I'll just play it now. They say this is Biden, but I'm not too convinced if it is Biden or not. Uh, Mufti Saab, you can listen to this clip. Muslims cannot do anything. I know this very well. Their boycott of American products will continue for a few days. And they will return like dogs to their masters to buy double what they bought before the boycott. Do not worry. So, I don't know if that's actually Biden, but this is what... It doesn't sound like him. Hmm. It does not sound like him. So it's, I don't think it is. Yeah, I was also thinking the same thing. But this is what they are apparently are saying about... Someone has said this, perhaps, that we are just you know, a few days and then we're back into it. But if we see, I believe in Arab countries especially, Starbucks are really suffering. And I, if I'm not mistaken, I think Muftis have sent this um, where 75% discounts they are having at Starbucks and certain other places. So they are really taking a, you can say, a, a knock from this whole thing. Yes, uh, they're taking a hit outside of America. Uh, you see, um, the majority of the Starbucks are outside of America, and uh, the ones that are being built are outside of America. So they have to be a little more careful about uh, what they say and and, uh, and what they do so they don't offend their customers. Because outside of America, a lot of the, obviously, a lot of their customers will not be Muslim. I mean, will be Muslim. Mm. Yes. Okay, uh, so they have to be careful in that regard. But inside of America, uh, there's there's no problem with uh, Starbucks and what have you. Uh, but to go further than that, uh, why are we at Starbucks anyway? Exactly. Uh, why are we in McDonald's? Why do we have to boycott McDonald's? There's mm. nothing in McDonald's that's halal. Exactly. Yeah. I, I, this I don't understand. Mm. All right, someone explain this to me. Mm. Boycott, boycott, boycott. But most of the things that I see that need to be boycotted they're haram, or at least doubtful. Yes. Okay? <laughs> it's doubtful. So yeah. what, 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 what's the big thing with that boycott? Mm. Now, a boycott of Hajj and Umrah, now this is a boycott. Now, now this is a boycott. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. And I've seen a, a few muftis also in South Africa, they've given this, uh, specifically we speak about the nafal. Um, Umrah is nafal anyway, it's sunnah. But uh, the Hajj, especially if you're if in, excluding the the Farad Hajj, all the Nafal Hajj for next year and that is to come, then you have to they are calling for this boycott as well, because you are just assisting there, as you've mentioned. So that becomes interesting as well. Our Mulanadi side, even the the Farad Hajj, we should not do. And not because of the boycott, all right, uh, because of uh, the uh, corona and the, these other things, these uh, protocols that uh, that the Hajj, uh, that the Saudi government has put in place. <coughs> so a lot of these side goes even further. If mm. you're a woman, uh, uh, then and you have to go for Hajj, no, you don't go. As long as the conditions, the way uh, 
the way it is. And this is before October 7th. Mm. Um, but again, like I said, the, uh, that, that's a, I feel it's a great call. Uh, it's a great call to action. Uh, it's something that can be done uh, by the common Muslim, okay, the whole back. Um, if, if we can just get our uh, Pakistani ulama to uh, hold back from going. Um, we, the ulama here, um, they live in Saudi, okay, uh, <laughs> figuratively speaking, not literally speaking, but figuratively speaking. When uh, Ramadan comes, um, many, many of the ulama are in, uh, are in Mecca and Medina, okay, mm. uh, more so than here in Pakistan. So, yeah, we need we need to start at the top, okay? Mm. Our, our leaders have to be more forceful, as well as the ulama has to be more forceful. And the, the people have to talk to the ulama. Mm. Uh, when uh, the person wrote to Malana Desai and said, is it time for jihad? Uh, so Malana said, yes, it's time, but the ulama are not ready. We have to teach the ulama. So with this, even with this boycott and uh, of everything, boycott of foods and everything, uh, boycotts of uh, Hajj and Umrah, um, we have to be in in tune with our ulama that they have to be on the same page as us. If not, they will not be effective. Mm. And that makes sense because I just feel you see you you get. Firstly, is this Abrahamic Accord. So that's the top level of how they already have tranquilized the Arab leaders. Then you go to different... I, I This is what I feel. I could be wrong on this, but if you just do a, a quick analysis, if you go to different countries, especially where they know that Dean is strong, then they're going to have a different approach, but it's all leading to a, a particular objective. For example, so you've got the Abrahamic Accord. So they understand and they know well now Egypt is, in terms of Dini values, principles, they're on, on the verge of losing most of it. And they are like Al-Azhar University, promoting interfaith, all of this. They've got a, a female assistant for the first time um, and that she serves on the board of Al-Azhar University all of this takes place, all the corruption. So they're infiltrating for many years now. So if you come down and you go to other countries, you'll find they have the interfaith accord. So the name just changes, but the objective is still the same. So here in South Africa, you have the interfaith forum, and this is where all the leaders sit. And we have certain Islamic organizations. We urge people to go and do their own research so that they understand well who they are. So these people, they sit on this board, and it's all the leaders, the leader of, imagine the chief rabbi, his name is Warren Goldstein, he is sitting there, he's the chief rabbi, he spoke at the Zionist Federation of South Africa, again he gave a speech on this weekend, explaining a whole load of falsehood, and justifying all that they do. So my question to you, Mufti Sahib, and you can just then guide us as the Ummah, that this interfaith, how has it benefited us? You take the global, the imams and global charter, whatever they call it, 
their head, they the the leader, he sits, he goes to Jewish schools, he's on he's sitting on the same board with the rabbis. So how is this all? Because remember, they made this claim that we are having this accord to bring about peace between religions. But our very que same question now is, what peace has this led to? Well, you take the example of Al-Azhar, uh, they were infiltrated by the Freemasons uh, in the 1800s, I think it was. All right, so that that's that ceased to being a a place of, of ilum, okay. And I, I look at it like this: that uh, it seems like our leaders are they are afraid to be told that listen, you're in a non-Muslim country, you have to assimilate. And I think we're we're falling for this, okay, especially the leaders uh, because they get certain perks and, um, and invitations to the White House and things like this. Um, so they, they work on that um, that type of agenda, okay? And the Abraham Accords, is, it, it works well. When I was in America, um, the, many of the many uh, imams, they would go to churches on Sunday and give bayan. And um, um, preachers, reverends, ministers of the Christian Church will come on Friday mm. and uh, and address uh, the, the Muslims. And when was okay. this? This uh, must have been a while back. Yeah. Yes. Yes. This <laughs> this was before 1994. I I've been here since 1994. So this is in the 80s, 1980s, and early 90s, and politicians coming to the to the masjid, non-Muslim politicians coming to the masjid on Friday and addressing the Muslims inside the masjid, you know, that uh, if they are voted in office, that they will do whatever they can to help uh, Muslims that live in that, that particular area. Um, so they, it, it, it's easier uh, it's easier for a leader in, especially in America, I, because I'm from America, I can speak on them, um, for a imam to get away with something like this, because if he speaks about jihad, all right, they'll close his master down. They'll, you know, they'll have him arrested, and it'll be a, a big, a big problem for him. Uh, so he'll go the other route, okay, and do this like uh, interfaith type thing. Okay, and feel that he's helping, uh, he's helping his uh, congregation, uh, helping the ummah. But it's it's not really uh, that's not really the case. Um, the the hadith is clear. Um, we 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 love this dunya, all right. And that person, whoever it was, it wasn't Biden, but whoever it was, is absolutely correct. Once. The uh, once this Gaza thing is uh, completed, we'll go back to the way we were. Mm. All right. Th th this is why Allah in the Quran He mentions things over and over and over and over again. He doesn't mention, okay, read the Maz, do um, Tauba. Um, he doesn't say that just one time. For over and over and over, twenty five percent of the Quran is what stories to remind you, remind you, remind you. Hadi he tells Kira, 
This is a reminder, all right? That, that, that person is not too far off, okay? That, yeah, we're going to relax. Because, again, we're talking now about boycotting Starbucks, but we should have never been going to Starbucks from the beginning. Hmm. All right? We should never be going to McDonald's. Uh, McDonald's, um, they, they got sued in America uh, by uh, the vegetarians. They're saying your French fries are not a vegetarian product. And, and the vegetarians won. Okay, there's more beef fat in the McDonald's French fries than in the burger. Mm. Okay, so the French fries and McDonald's are a meat product. <laughs> okay, <laughs> well, what are we doing going there? Mm. And that, 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 that meat is not slaughtered properly, according to a Muslim. But what are we doing going there? And now we boycott? Mm. Well, why are we boycotting Haram? We, we, we're not supposed to go to Haram anyway. Yeah, exactly. Hundred percent. This you've and we get all these messages, and then you've. But that's the tragedy of the whole thing, is like you've said previously. It's at the top, so you've got certain organisations, and I'll just say it plain and simple. You've got organisations in South Africa, MJC, Muslim Judicial Council. So when you call yourself a judicial council and you are representing Muslims, people look at you as a representative of Islam. So when they see, okay, you're going to stamp this, which they have stamped so many McDonald's, and are still proud to say, and what excuse they give now because of the boycott pressure, they just say, no, um, this McDonald's does not support this whole, uh, this whole thing. And you've seen, and especially in a country like South Africa because of the apartheid history, so when this whole Israeli thing comes about, it doesn't just become a Muslim thing. It becomes a thing a thing for the entire country, for the bulk of it. Like I read yesterday about the Jews. They wanted to, this is the pro-Israelis. Then again, we have to say that not all Jews are the same. But those who are pro-Israeli, they wanted to have some prayer, but they had to stop the whole thing because of the, um, because of the intense... Uh, you'd pressure upon these people. So they had to cancel that whole prayer. In fact, on the Jewish newspaper Haaretz, they said three-quarters of the Jews in America alone are living in fear. So we can see the good ripple effect it's having that these people understand that they, their days are numbered. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows best with regards to that. But I'm saying on this particular issue that you've got all these people and they are just playing, wearing Islamic outfits. But inside, they've got the uh, just holding, shaking hands with all these people. And this MJC, all of them, they said just prior to that, they were with this uh, Warren Goldstein, all of them. So there's so many contradictive messages that are giving out, given out there by those in authority that Muslims, are not, they don't know where to turn to. Move this up, your, your comments on this. Yeah, well, um, again, these, these um, organizations were not really helping us before October 7th. Uh, so to look for them for help uh, after October 7th, uh, I think that's definitely a mistake. Um, we, we have to um, educate ourselves 
uh, more on our beam and do more individually. Hmm. Because right now the head, the head is not correct. The ulama, our leaders, they are not right. Uh, so we have to educate ourselves, work with people that we that know more than us, and and help to do what we can on our own. I feel. Hmm. Um, uh, I'm I'm hearing um, that, like after 9/11, my my wife. All right, she accepted Islam in 2003, two years after 9-11. Hmm. All right, so many people started going to uh, bookstores and libraries, not Muslims, reading the Quran after 9-11. Um, the first time the World Trade Center was, was, was bombed, okay, with the truck. The truck had a full, was full of uh, explosives. And they blew up uh, the basement, but it didn't. Uh, it didn't fall down. Uh, that was in '93, I think, 1992, 1993. The Islam. Many people were looking into Islam then. All right. So right now, people are taking shahada. People are buying Quran. People are so impressed with the Muslims of Gaza that. Uh, the whole family gets wiped out, and uh, and the, the survivors are saying Alhamdulillah. All right, so the survivors are quoting Quran and and remembering Allah and thankful, okay, and not depressed, okay, uh, depressed that the the woman is not helping, but they know that Allah is with them, mm. okay, and the non-Muslim is looking at this. And, and they can't understand what is this Islam, what is this that has these people, their heads are up, even though they have no city now. They, they're bombing hospitals, they're bombing schools, they're bombing everything. And um, the, the, the doctors in the hospitals are writing their names on their arms because they know when they die, uh, at least they'll be able to be identified, you know, and buried properly. Um so again, it's an opportunity for us, all right, to give dawah, especially people like yourself in South Africa. But I'm quite sure the non-Muslims in South Africa are also impressed, like the non-Muslims in America are impressed, and the non-Muslims in um, England are impressed with with the Muslims because they're able to see because of the social media. Uh, they're able to see these little short clips um, of um, Muslims who are there in Gaza, and you know they still show this man. He, his whole family got wiped out. His children, his uh, siblings, and and his parents—they've all been killed. And he's he's happy and saying that they're in Jannah, and they'll do shafarish to him, you know, when when he dies. So uh, it's an opportunity for us, but. Uh, you, how do you give dawah if you're not practicing? Hmm. Okay, how are you going to bring the people? Okay, uh, because the people who are not Muslim, still it's our duty to call them to Islam. Correct. Now, now the people have an ear. The people they see what's happening to us. Okay, and and they say this. Maybe this is the truth. Maybe Islam is true. All right. So now, are we prepared to talk to them? Because our leaders, forget about our leaders. Our leaders are taking them straight to the interfaith, all right? Uh, but uh, me and you, uh, 
and, and our friends and the listeners, are they, are they ready? If someone comes to you, a non-Muslim comes to you, are you ready to give them dawah? Hmm. <coughs> so we, leave, we leave ourselves to answer that question in introspect, inshallah. Um, good discussions, alhamdulillah. Inshallah, we'll meet you tomorrow again. Uh, we request your duas. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Wa alaikum assalam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Marcus Sahaba, the voice of Ahl Sunnah wal Jama'ah.